Our scripture reading for the morning is John 14, 12 through 21. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be with you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. Um, I feel like today is one of those occasions where uh, you greet the church. It's, it's this kind of big elaborate greeting for the special occasion. I love reading the sermons from Christian history, and so many of them that are recorded happen on special days like today when people were being confirmed or people were being baptized, and so they would have special guests in town and extra family in town, and so there would be more people there to record what was happening. And uh, so it's just a great occasion today uh, on Pentecost Sunday and the occasion of these young uh, men and women's uh, confirmation today. And so it's good to be with you. I'm going to speak to them some, and then I'll be speaking to myself and to all of us. But uh, it is a special day, and so this will be kind of addressed to them, and we'll move uh, quickly into uh, this part of the service. So the event, of course, that we celebrate today is the coming of the Holy Spirit. And often when we tell that story, we use the story from Acts, which is Luke's recording of what happened after Jesus ascended. And the disciples were together in one place, and you remember that the Spirit descended, and there were tongues of fire, and people were speaking in all different kinds of languages, but the miracle was that everyone could understand what was being spoken, and everyone heard the gospel in their own language. And so then people could believe in the good news that Jesus had come to earth, that he had died, and he had been resurrected, and he ascended for the forgiveness of sins, and so people believed, and the church was born. And uh, so there was a huge number that were added to that day, and the church was off to a great start. I'm going to today work through some of John's gospel and the imagery that he uses to talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, because I thought it was appropriate for our confirmands today uh, to think about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so the Holy Spirit in John's gospel, he really makes a big deal about the Holy Spirit being an agent for our birth. 
So you can think about the conversation with Nicodemus in chapter 3 where, you know, the Spirit is moving. We can't see the Spirit, but we see the effects of the Spirit. And he gives Nicodemus, Jesus does this great image of someone being born again. And, of course, Nicodemus is scratching his head going, how can I enter back into my mother's womb a second time after I've already been born? And he's like, no, no, it's not like that. It's being born of the Spirit. So the Spirit is the agent of our birth, our belief in Jesus, when, we, when, when God so loved the world that he gave his only son, in John's gospel he tells us this, uh, that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life and will not perish, that's the work of the Spirit. And so we see the Spirit at work giving us birth. The, throughout the rest of the gospel we see the Spirit giving us life, giving us growth. We realize that we're not just born into the kingdom of God. We're not just born into God's family so that we can just be a bunch of, we were just born people, but so that we can be people who are growing. We're a vineyard. We're a farm. We're always growing. And those branches that aren't growing are being pruned and set aside. And so they can make room for more growth. So God is always farming in our field, the field of the church. And this is what happens in the life of John's gospel. And so we see this life that is coming from the spirit. So that's what we uh, celebrate and look forward to as we work together with these young men and women. The text that was read for us today, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. I remember the reading for this for the first time and thinking, what are we supposed to be, Superman? How, and I read it very individualistically. I thought, well, how am I going to do greater works than Jesus? Am I going to go around and raise people from the dead and heal people miraculously, instantaneously? Or how is this going to work? And I realize what John is saying now is that there would be greater work that would be done through the disciples, through the church, than Jesus was able to do as one person when he was localized on the earth. So Jesus didn't have all that many followers in his three years of ministry. You remember, a lot of people turned away and left. It was a very small number. It was an inner circle of 12 and a little bit more inner circle of three. And then there were, you know, over 100, but not many more than that, of people that were following Jesus actively. And so people were curious, people were looking, but the movement wasn't very large. So this idea of greater works would only come later when the Spirit comes. And so the work of the disciples, the work of James and John and Peter and those early martyrs, their work is being done in our lives. And then the Holy Spirit's work through us is being done in the lives of these young people. So when they stand up here in a moment, I want you to imagine this as a harvest. I want you to imagine them as fruit that is, has been born in this community, in this vineyard, and this is the work that Jesus is talking about, that there will be greater works than these. This is the work. They are the work. We are the work. And so we are, we are ongoing because Jesus went to the Father and sent the Spirit. So the gift of faith that we celebrate today as these young people get up and say what they believe in, uh, as they take the faith that was handed to them by their parents, by the church, and they own that or reject that. Uh, I don't think they'll be rejecting it today because we've spent a lot of time together. And based on what I've heard so far, they're not rejecting the faith, so that's good. Uh, but we'll be celebrating that, the gift of faith. Uh, and so just think of that. When we celebrate the gift of faith, just go ahead and take a deep breath and smile and celebrate that the Spirit has been working through you, through this congregation. Some of you have been there since these kids were babies, if they were here. Others of you have been part of these families, and so you've been a part of this the whole time. And so thanks be to God for the work that is being done in the vineyard of the church. 
So I want to talk to you guys for a second, and I'm talking to myself too, and I'm talking to all of us, but there are just a few things I want to say about action that we take because the Holy Spirit has come. Because the Holy Spirit is with us, and because the church is born, there's a few things I want to encourage you to do. The first one is just to remain in the church, to stick with the church, to hang in there with the family, even when you get older and realize that we are big, one big, messy, happy family, okay? And we're very dysfunctional at times, uh, but, but hang in there. And if you move away someday, there'll be another community, and they'll be messy and dysfunctional too. Uh, but of course, following the lead of the Spirit, hang in there. Remain in the church. Uh, the, the Spirit is found in the church like the soul is found in the body. You don't get one without the other. You don't experience the Holy Spirit without the church. You don't experience the church without the Holy Spirit, just like we don't get a body without a soul or a soul without a body. We don't get that option. So that's how the Spirit works in us. I want to encourage you to be yourselves, guys. We've uh, gotten to know you. We'll celebrate you a little more later. But be yourselves. Be present. Be you in the community, in the church. Belong and experience the grace that you know is promised to you uh, by the Son of God who gave his life for you. And then I want to invite you to grow up, to take the reins, to, uh, if, if, if no one's handing responsibility, uh, serve and be humble and ask in a way that puts you out there as a person who's ready to serve. Do your part. Lead with humility. Lead with service. Serve those that are weaker in the community so that they can be strong. And then when you see the strong, serve and inspire them so that they can be stronger and you can come alongside them. This is part of what God is doing in our midst. That's kind of the communal aspect of what I want you to see and expect. The personal aspect of the Holy Spirit is something we also celebrate. Uh, St. Irenaeus said it this way. He said that the Holy Spirit is our communion with God. The Holy Spirit is our communion with God. We no longer need a go-between because the Spirit serves that role. So we commune with God. Uh, that The Holy Spirit is, is that role for us. We celebrate, as the text said, as read for us, the Holy Spirit being in us. Not out there, not something we have to go find or we catch on Sundays when we tilt our head just right and sing the song just right and the decibel level's good and church camp's happening. That's, that's not how we find the Spirit. The Spirit moves and is all over, but the Spirit is within you. The Spirit is within us. And so always we know uh, that comfort is there. So that's what we want to do. That's what we want to move towards. And when we do that, it's worth celebrating what we can expect when we are people of the Holy Spirit. John spells this out for us, the nature of the gift. Um, if you love me, in verse 15, obey my commandments. This is the first time in John's gospel that we have an opportunity or we even get the introduction to us loving God. We've heard about God's love for us. We've heard about our love for each other. But this is the first time we hear about people loving God. And so Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And we automatically say, oh, How? wow, that's hard. And then the very next thing he says is, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So if you want to know how we're going to obey God's commandments, it's going to be because we have the power of the Spirit. You have an advocate. You have a helper. You have a counselor, another one, just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit who is here to defend you and to grow you, will not leave you as orphans. Uh, I love this idea that, you know, John is also the one in Revelation that tells us that Satan and the world work like an accuser. So if you think of that courtroom imagery where someone is accusing us and lying to us, that's, that's the devil. That's the world. That's what we can expect. We won't be surprised by that because we'll see it out there. But the great thing is the Spirit comes 
the name that is given to the Spirit is another advocate. So there's someone defending us. When the devil is accusing us, the Spirit is defending us and advocating for us and standing before us, never abandoning us. And it's hard to imagine what we would need more than that in life than someone in our corner, someone defending us, someone advocating for us, right? So that's what we have to look forward to in this life of the Spirit. Romans tells us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness and uh, want to encourage all of us in the places that we find ourselves weak to lean in to the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weaknesses when we don't know how to pray. The Spirit prays for us according to His wisdom. And the last thing I want to say about the Holy Spirit, um, just a little joke from Microsoft Word for me when I was typing my notes. I don't know what was actually going on here, but I was trying to type the question, are we thirsty for God? And it auto-corrected to, are we thirsty for golf? So I don't know if there's any <laughs> golfers out there today, but I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to play more golf this summer or what's going on. But anyways, I am thirsty for golf, but not hopefully as thirsty as we are uh, for the Holy Spirit. So the, the thing about the Holy Spirit that's great to remember, again, that we learn from John and from Jesus in the Gospels is that we receive the Holy Spirit based on the economy of thirst. This is an echo of Isaiah 55 where Isaiah is, is telling God's people, you know, God is saying to all of us, come to me, all of you who are thirsty. You don't have to bring money. You just come with your thirst and you can drink. Uh, there's no price for the water. There's no price for the good wine. This is where we come to receive uh, the good stuff from God. And so John in chapter 7 narrates for us on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You can hear the echoes of Isaiah. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his or her heart will flow rivers of living water. That's the image I think of when I think of you guys going out into the world is that you're thirsting for the Spirit and out of your heart will flow these rivers of living water. And I love John's little narration comment on the end of that. Now, this had been said about the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were to receive for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. So we live in this time in the age of the Spirit where John is saying that, you know, John's writing from this time that we're in. But he says, man, I remember when Jesus said that, that anyone who was thirsty could come to the waters and the Spirit, there would be a well that would well up inside their heart. Uh, but when Jesus said that, the Spirit had not yet come. So they didn't quite understand. But now we understand what was meant by that, that the Spirit would come and would fill us. So the big criteria for getting in on the life of God is thirst. Is thirst. Are we thirsty? And when we recognize that we're parched and we're thirsty and we don't know where to find water, it's good news to know that God is supplying that water. When we don't recognize that we're thirsty or wonder if we're thirsty or we're just tired of messing with it, the good news is we can pray and we can be around people who are thirsty. We can ask for that thirst to come back and God will meet us in that place. So may we be thirsty together. May God send his spirit again and again to quench our thirst and may we together be a life spring, a well of living water that flows in our hearts, in our individual hearts and the heart of our church community. Uh, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.